God is good, amen. Open your Bibles to Matthew 13. I'm not going to keep you very long tonight. Just an hour or two, and hopefully that uh, gets something sunk in by that time. Matthew 13, 1. How many enjoy taking tests? Raise your hand if you look forward to taking a test. Is there any people that love to take tests around here? Not really, I guess. I, I, I could say I've ever been good at testing at all. I've been really good at cheating. I, I had to go get my motorcycle license. We were going on a trip, and and uh, I had to take my driver's safety course. And and and, and now to get a license, you got to sign up for for a, a a a class, and they teach you what you already know. But then you learn a little bit because you always learn a little bit, you know. And I learned a little bit. And man, I, I passed the class. But when I went to the DMV to get my driver's license, I had to take a written test. Written test scared the mess out of me. I'm going to tell you that right now. Don't give me no written test. I don't like them. I don't want nothing to do with them. And uh, I, I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, I'm going to pass this. I've learned everything I can learn. I'm going to pass this, and uh, uh, it's going to be okay. I ran in there like at 4 o'clock. I had 30 minutes to take the test. I answered all the questions as fast as I could. And how many remember, we'll be honest tonight, how many remember just filling in the A's and B's and C's and D's and trying to be done so you can walk out of the class? I'm not alone in this tonight. So I took this thing, and I took it as fast as I could, and I ran up there, and I'll never forget that lady. It was only like 17, 20 questions. I don't remember how many questions it was. It wasn't very many questions. And I, and I smiled like I got this. And she said, you failed. Come back again tomorrow and take it. I said, what do you mean I failed? I studied. She said, I can't tell. <laughs> I said, well, she said, we could let you retake it because we have another test here. But we're all out of the other test. We can let you study this, so we give you another one. So, But if you come back tomorrow, it'll be the same test. Just study. study the, go in this room. Study the questions, study the answers, and, 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 and study those tonight, and tomorrow you'll be okay. So I went into that little room, and I said, okay, lady, I'm smarter than you. I took out my camera phone. I took a picture of the answers. And I said, okay, if I study A goes here, E goes there, G goes there, B goes there, I got this thing. I went back the next day. I said, went in that test room. I pulled out my phone like it was in my hand. I like uh-huh, I, I didn't even study again. I didn't even study again, but I, I cheated. I cheated and got my motorcycle license. God convicted me about that. Man, I almost got hit seven times that week on my motorcycle. God say, boy, when are you going to stop cheating? You know, God tests us all the time. And he knows if we're cheating or not. How many believe me tonight? How many believe that God tests us all the time? And God uses those tough times, those testing times, those trying times to grow us. Some of us are more hard-headed than the others. Where's the hard-headed section? Keep your hand down. Don't want nobody to know. 
God uses those testing times to grow us, to shape us, to mold it. I was I was looking online last night and I saw the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was a needle, and it had a little piece of 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 of, of yarn in it, and it said, "God is the greatest weaver. He can he can just weave us, and he takes us through these trying times, through these testing times, through these hard times. He takes us through these times. Sometimes we don't want to go. Sometimes a test. How many have been tested and you didn't want to get that test?" I mean, been tried, and you didn't want that trial. I was thinking about that. These things come into our life, guys, to teach us, to grow us, to make us more in the image of Jesus Christ. All testing ain't bad, but not everyone passes. Brother Lyle used to tell me, oh, it's okay, Brother Mark. You failed the test. You'll get it again. That's true. How can we advance in the stage that we're in sometimes? God wants us to grow in our heart. If you have a lot of hatred for people, God wants that out of your life. If you have a lot of greed, God wants that out of your life. If you're a selfish person, God wants that out of your life. He wants to conform you in the image of His Son. And God uses tough times, trials, tribulations to shape our life. And I was thinking about that. Tribulations test us. How do they test us, Brother Mark? I got seven ways, and start with the first one is test is our identity, who we are. Trial, tribulation, somebody ought to amen because I'm preaching way better than y'all are letting on. And I'm telling you, these trying times, these testing times, they test our identity, who we are in Christ. A lot of people don't make it to how far you've made it. A lot of people don't stick with this as long as you've stuck with this. These trying times, these, these testing times, a lot of people don't make it. Garrett, you've been with me longer than probably anybody else in this, in this church. Where are they all at tonight? And make it. Tribulations test our identity as Christians. Tribulations test our identity in Christ. In this parable of the sower found in Matthew 13, 1 through 23, Jesus describes several situations. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and went down to the shore where an, an intimate crowd soon gathered. He got into a boat where he sat and taught as people listened on the shores. He told them many stories. He said a farmer went out and planted some seeds, and as he scattered it across the field, some seeds fell on footpath, and birds came and they ate them. Others fell on shallow soil with underlining rocks. The plants sprang up quickly, but they soon withered because the hot sun and dried because the roots had no nutrition in the shallow of the soil. Other seeds fell amongst thorns and shot up and choked out the tender blades. But some seeds fell on fertile soil and produced crops that were 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. When his disciples came and asked him, Why do you always tell stories when you talk like this to people? Then he explained, You've been permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others have not. 
Boy, I was thinking about that. In this parable, and you can continue to read on later, some of those seeds landed on rocky places and didn't have much soil. They sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They withered because they had no roots. People will fall apart in this church if they're not rooted. That's why it's important for you to make a decision where you're going to go to church. That's why it's important for you to make a decision, whether it be this church or another church. It don't matter. Just make sure it's a Bible-believing church. That's what matters. Make sure it's a Bible-believing church. People will fail you. I will fail you. Everyone fails. The only one that never failed was Jesus Christ. So you have to be believed in a Bible-believing church that's rooted in the Word of God. Can I say this to all you that don't read your Bible? You're not rooted. You're not rooted. A song won't get you rooted. Coming to church every time the doors won't get you rooted. Reading and studying the Word of God gets you rooted. Well, Brother Mark, I'm not a very good reader. I wasn't either, my friend. I'm still not. I got a word coming up I'm going to tell you in a minute, and I don't even want to say it. It's so hard to say. And I'm going to get it wrong. I already know it. And I studied it and listened to somebody else say it. I got this little thing on my computer. It's called Bible Gateway. And I can listen to the Bible. Sometimes I'll be in there and I'll listen to something that I got to preach, that God has told me to preach. And I'll listen to the names of the people like Uriah and all these names of Bathsheba. And I'll get in here and I'll, they'll all be jacked up. Sometimes it's so bad I call on you to read. I want you to look bad, not me. But if you're not reading your Bible, truly reading your Bible, you're not rooted. How many know the importance of the Bible and what he just said? If you're not rooted, what happens? The sun comes and you're withered away. You're not deep. A hard time comes. A trial comes. A tribulation comes. Bad news comes. You lose your job comes. Someone dies that you love comes. If you are not rooted, this morning I sat on the pew that was given to me by some friends in my back porch, and I had a glass of tea in my Bible, and I just knew that God was on the throne. Because I had his word, I'm rooted. Whatever you're going through tonight, if you're rooted, it's not, it's, 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 it's not easy for the devil to pluck you up when you're rooted. I got some stumps out there we had to work on a couple weeks ago. Had some friends out here. We were working. We were working hard. And we were ramming them with the tractor. We were ramming them. We were pulling on them. We had chains. We were digging them up. We were pulling. They were rooted so deep. It took almost half a day to get one of them up. What if we're rooted so deep as a church? What if we're rooted so deep as fathers? What if we're rooted so deep as, as, as mothers and wives that nothing can move us, that nothing can pull us up, and nothing can pull us away? I love what this says. Jesus said that the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and receives it with joy. Since he has no root, he has lasted only a short time. How many of you have seen short-timers? 
Anybody seen short timers in church? Short timers. They're here every Sunday, but they don't make it back. They don't make it back to another service. They don't make it back to another church. They just don't make They heard it. It felt good. There was an altar call. Rex was playing. The band was singing. Everybody was moving. Granny was rocking. And they felt something. They got up. They made a decision today not to follow Christ but to get up. Anybody can get up. You can get up right now. But I know one thing about getting up. Sometimes you fall after you get up. <laughs> and some of these seeds, if, if not taken care of or put in the wrong place, they, 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 don't, they don't last. We see people all the time don't last. Touch your neighbor and say, you better last. Jesus said that the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and receives it with joy. But since he's not rooted, he lasts only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because the word is not in him, he quickly falls away. The one who receives the seed that falls amongst the thorns is the man who hears the word but worries of his life. He worries of his life. He worries of his wealth. It chokes him. It makes him unfruitful. And I say this to you tonight, God's got to be number one. Who believes that with me tonight, that God has to be number one? God has got to be uno, numeral, number one. He's got to be before anything else. You believe that, Carl? Huh? You believe that with all your heart? He comes before your wife. He comes before your children. He comes before your job. He comes before your money. He comes no numeral number one. I love that part right there because it says, it says, Jesus said that the one who receives the seed falls in rock place is one who hears the word, receives it with joy, but since he has no root, and then he goes on to say the one who receives the soil but falls on thorns, if he is focusing on anything else, job, career, money, fame, fortune, he's going to choke it out. Boy, I have choked out some stuff in my life. Somebody ought to hear me tonight. I have put some things before God. Anybody here ever put some things before God? I have choked out my own blessings. I knew God was in it. There was some momentum rolling. And then my pride got in the way. My flesh got in the way. Uh, my, my own ambitions, my own desire, my own greed got in the way. And it just choked it out. If there be anybody be honest with me, that happens every single day. I see it with my own two eyes. God begins to bless people, and they start to get prideful. They start to get uh, 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 something about themselves. I, I see a lot of talent sometimes with a young bull rider. A young bull rider, he'll start off, and he'll start off, and he'll start off real good. And he'll have a lot of try, and he'll have a lot of ability. And he's got some good movement. He's got some good form, and he knows how to hold his feet. And he knows how to hold his chest. He knows to tuck his chin, and, and he's got it. And he's got guts. I mean, he's got guts. And he can probably outride some of these cats, and they, they've been riding for years. But two or three people tell him he's good. Two or three people pat him on the back. Two or three people keep puffing him up and puffing him up and puffing him up. 
Next thing you know, he's so good in his head that he forgot that it takes the fundamentals. Hanging on with your feet, keeping your chin down. Sometimes we get people puffed up in church and they forget that they're just a sinner saved by grace. They get a little title, they get a little position, they get a little authority. Boom! Go straight to their head. And then you got to correct them and it chokes them out. That's why it's so important to be rooted. The one who received the seed that fell amongst the thorn is the man who hears the word but worries of this life and it, it is wealth and it chokes him. It makes him unfruitful. The seed that fell. Now, this is a good one. This is you. This is me. Claim it tonight. Say, this is me. Say it. Say it like you mean it. Say it with your gut. This is me. Hallelujah. Feel like a Marine tonight. The seed that fell on good soil produced a good crop. The seed that fell on good soil stayed connected. How many can see some, some of their fruit growing right now? Maybe in your children. Maybe in your friends. Maybe in your ministry. Maybe in something that you gave to. The seed that fell on good soil stayed connected to the source of its life and was not destroyed by troubles, not destroyed by persecution, the worries of this life or its deceitfulness or its wealth. When we deal with tribulations and testing as it should be, we need to be rooted. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to get through this testing time, we're going to have to be rooted. Who believes that tonight? I should have thought about this earlier a little more, and I, I would probably try to find a way to dig a big hole and, and then maybe put one of you in it, cover it up to your neck, see if you were here tomorrow and see if it all worked out. But I don't have to be the one to bury you, Jessica. The devil's ready to bury you. I don't have to be the one to throw sand and dirt in your face. The devil's the one that wants to throw sand and dirt in your face. And if you ain't rooted... When you get the bad news, you get laid off, you run out of money, health problems come, you're not rooted. Boy, Benny is a character now. Benny is a character. But he loves Jesus. He told me in that hospital room, he said, Brother Mark, I know God ain't ready for me because I can give me these little babies to raise. And I got these babies to raise and I know God's not ready for me. But if he is, I'm ready. I don't believe he's ready for me. But if he is, I'm ready. Can you say that with that much confidence tonight? You young lady, you young man, can you say that you are rooted and you're ready? If God were ready for you, you were so rooted in his word, in his ways, in this life, that you say, Lord, I'm ready if you're ready. I got no worries and I got no regrets. You know, second thing about testing and tribulations, I was. this is just something that I thought of in the last 36 hours. It tests your faith. How many know that there are things that God wants to grow us, and one of those areas is faith? A hard time will grow your faith. How many ever have a hard time and it grew your faith? It grew your faith. I didn't know if I was going to get that house to sell. I didn't know if I was going to make it a year sober. 
I didn't know if I was gonna if I was ever gonna ever gonna get to the position that I'm in, man. I, uh, they were looking for my truck, but now we're caught up. Somebody ought to rejoice. Somebody said, I can't speak too loud, Pastor Mark. They're looking for mine tonight. <laughs> They're looking for mine. Faith. My truck got repoed one day here while I'm preaching. I was asking God, what are you doing? Repo man out there getting my truck. My wife took some ladies to work one time, to dinner, uh, some, a church group. Repo man got our truck, couldn't afford it. What are you doing, God? We didn't have the money. We didn't have any extra money. We, we didn't have, but we had to trust him outside of material things. See, I see a lot of people trust him when it comes to material things, but let the material things go away. Somebody grab that for a minute. Material things will rust and fade and go away. So if you're trusting him and your faith is in your material stuff, if you're a real materialistic person tonight, there are people over there falling on their face in our foreign countries right now that got no shoes, that got no meals, that ain't got it as good as we got it. God uses these testing times, these tribulations times to grow our faith. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 7, These trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Tribulations test our faith. Life has its highs and lows. You will never make it without faith. You will never make it without faith. Faith in the right place. Somebody grab that tonight. Faith in the right place. Not faith in the mess. Somebody grab this because I feel like this is in my spirit tonight. Not faith in the mess. Meth wants to destroy you. So if you're here tonight and meth has got a hold on you, come to this altar tonight let me pray for you. Because God can unlock that grip. Somebody ought to rejoice if he's ever unlocked the grip of drugs or alcohol in your life. If your faith is in a bottle, James, James, Wesley, whatever they call you around here, I'll call you my brother. How, how, how many days sober are you? I can't hear you talking like a girl. Say it louder. Come up here. I can't hear you. I'm serious. I ain't kidding. Would you tell them how many days you're sober? The ninth of the fourteenth. Is that when you met me? Is that when you met me? You said I ain't drinking no more. Uh, I'm so proud of you. You don't even know how proud I am of you. Hey, listen to me. I, I, I'm telling you with all my heart how proud I am of you to be sober. That your faith is not in that bottle anymore. It's in Jesus Christ. Your faith is in you trusting him. You know, I, I, I want to say this because I love him. And uh, he's a blessing. I don't think he grasps how much I love him. Uh, 
How has alcohol ruined your life in so many ways? Who's number one tonight? Where's your faith? Amen. I love you. I love you. Yeah. Proud of you. Amen. I like that shirt, and I like that you wore it tonight, not last night, but I like that you wore it tonight because it says believers. And we're all believers when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We believe that that faith can move a mountain, change an alcoholic, how many believe that he can deliver you from alcohol? Raise your hand. But will God shut your mouth when it needs to be shut like cussing? How many believe that God can take the cussing right out of your mouth? How come we don't let him? How come we won't let him? You got faith that God will save you, deliver you. Can I let you in on a secret tonight? I told you we're a maturing church. We're a growing church. Let me let you in on a secret. You better not cuss up there, so you better fix it down here. If I'm correct about my theology, and I'm not a theologist, but there were a few that got it wrong and got kicked out. I just got a 10th grade education. I'm just showing you. There was a devil up here, but he wasn't always the devil. He got it wrong. You got to get it right here so you can get up there. Touch your neighbor and say, why don't you get a hold of your mouth and quit talking like you talk. It's not going to be as funny on judgment day, though, is it? not going to be so funny, is it, Betty, on Judgment Day, when we got to give an account for every word we ever spoke. I'm so ashamed of myself for the way I used to talk, but I don't talk that way anymore. Because of faith, because of my faith in God, He helped me. He helped you quit smoking, lying, cheating. He'll help you if you messed up today. And that's not an excuse to mess up tomorrow. Tribulations test our sense of purpose. As it says in James, Blessed is the man who preserves under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Tribulations test our sense of purpose. How many sometimes feel like you ain't got no purpose? That's a lie. How many feel worthless sometimes? That's a lie. God will bring a test into your life to show you how valuable you are. 
There will be a test for you, Carrie, that only you can do. Your husband can't do it. I can't do it. Miss Mary can't do it. There will be something that will be so purposeful that you will know that God loves you and has a plan for you. The other night, some things were transpiring. The other night, some things were transpiring. There was a there was an argument about to take place. There were some things about to take place, and and I was trying to to get in the middle of this thing, and 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 I and I I saw some kids coming up, and I was like, oh, I don't want these kids to see this. And out of nowhere, here come Carrie, and she just scooped them kids up. Come go with me, baby. She honed in on what was happening. And she removed these kids out of this situation that wasn't right. The whole time I was like, you don't even know how important that thing you just did does. I was bragging on you. I was so happy you picked up on that. I didn't want them kids to see that. Can I say this to you? There comes a certain age where you got to grow up. There comes a certain age where you got to change. I was thinking about that. How many know they got a purpose tonight? Hallelujah, God. Thank you for this calling. Thank you for this purpose. Thank you for this minute. If my time is up, I've done something. Purpose. Tribulations test your sense of purpose. It says in James, blessed is a man who's preserved under trial. Number four. Tribulations test our obedience. The reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient and everything. How many have failed that test a time or two? You weren't obedient all the time. That's where Brother Lyle's ingenious mind comes in. We get the opportunity to do it again. But testing, testing, it will, it will prove that we're obedient to God. Let's say ISIS. How many heard of ISIS? Anybody not heard of ISIS before? ISIS are the ones who are persecuting the Christians. They're chopping the Christians' heads off. ISIS are the ones that are, are killing them and throwing them over cliffs and chopping their heads off and pushing them into water. There's videos out there that man shouldn't even be able to watch, I'm telling you. But it's, I'm glad we can see it because it's really happening in 2015. And if you think your little cozy life is, is, not, is, is not subject to that, you're out of your mind. If they rushed in here and got past Joe Biggs because he's asleep at the back door. I see you, brother. Lord, Father, forgive him for he know not what he do. I saw slobber and everything running down that beard back there. And, uh, but if they ran in here tonight and they asked you if you were a Christian, could you be obedient to say, oh, yes, I am? Oh, you don't have to raise your hand. You know right here if you would. I would try to stop them. But like a lamb gone to slaughter, Jesus didn't try to stop them. And some of them videos are almost tearfully beautiful to watch as these Christian men are getting beheaded by the hundreds. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Are you that obedient? Are you that obedient to go up against a school board 
for what's right or wrong? Are you that obedient to go up against unbelievers that are fixing to walk into Dr. Ed Young's church? Oh, if I could be there. But I got a voice deal on my phone from Dr. Ed Young's secretary thanking me for standing with them in prayer. Even though I can't be there that day, she called me back. Not someone else, his personal secretary, to thank me for standing. Thanking Caney Creek Cowboy Church for standing with them. Number five, I'm almost done. We are tested to teach us to rely on God. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the hardships we suffer in the providence of aging. We are under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we are despaired even of life. Indeed, our heart, we have felt the sentence of death. We are tested to teach us to rely on God. How many have ever been in a decision that you had to completely rely on God? Huh? Maybe it was divorce court. I talked to someone today, and they were struggling. I talked to someone today, and they said, uh, Brother Mark, pray for me. It's not pretty. Okay, I'm praying. How many know tonight that even a situation that you have no control of, he's in control? Come on, somebody, reason. We are tested to teach us to rely on God. When I was headed to prison and I prayed and asked God to help me in the back of that police car, all I had was God. I didn't have family support. I didn't have friends support. I had God. I learned to rely on Him but didn't understand this relationship thing. But as I grow in learning about my father, he wants me to rely on him on the smallest decisions of the day. How many know it's important to include him in all decisions that you make? From buying a house to buying a car, from which dog to get. How many's prayed about which dog to get? That's an important decision. You get the wrong dog, you get bit. It's important about whose friends you let in your life. It's important to guard and ask God to help you and guard you and protect you. How many know it's important to pray over your children every day? How many see their kids leave for at least 8 to 10 hours a day? We have to rely on God to take care of those kids when we can't. How many watch the news sometime and there's a bad story from a school, from a daycare, from a bus crash every single day? We have to rely on God. I watched Miss Allie go see her company go through layoff. I watched other brothers and sisters' companies go through layoff, and they don't get picked because they truly trust and rely on God. I was talking with a friend the other day, and he was telling me, you know that old boy got laid off after 35 years. We met him. He was a drunk. We met him. He was a whoremonger. We met him. He was, a, he was the most meanest, angriest, he, he, he didn't have any Christ in him. Me and Mary met him at a hospital. He showed up, and there was, we, we, we were there, and he talked to us. He, he talked about drinking. He talked about chasing girls. He, chased, he talked about everything. And then when someone introduced me as a pastor, he just kept on talking like there was no respect for God at all. And then when I heard he got laid off and the other one got promoted, 
that showed me that relying on God always works out best. Be in a Christian company, you'll get tested. Be in a Christian employee, you'll get tested. Be in a Christian person in the ministry, you will get tested. But trust and rely on God to bring you through. The Bible said we'll be pressed on every side. We'll be shaken. We'll be stirred up sometimes. But if you truly learn to rely on God, he's going to help you. He's going to deliver you. I love what that says. But this happens that we might not rely on ourselves, but rely on God who raises the dead. Number six, we are tested so that it will go well with us. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known to humble and test you so that in the end you might go well with you. We are tested so that it will go well with us. How many don't like it sometimes? How many holler I want to quit? You bunch of liars up in this place this night. I don't know what I need to do to pass out energy drinks or what to get you woken up. How many have been tested and tried and said, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to give up. I don't want to come back. I don't want to do it again. I'm through. How many have ever put their keys in the car and said, you know what? I think I'll take a long drive. I was good at running. One time I ran all the way to Florida and got my truck and ran all the way to California. You know how long that is? It's a long drive. But I've learned in my heart that even when it's not good, that is well within my soul because God has got me. It's well within my soul like the song says. It is good within my soul. You can be having a hard time right now and still be well within your soul. I, don't know, I worry some. Anybody worry some? People say, well, worry is a sin. Well, then I want to get delivered from it. <laughs> Anybody over 50 still worry? Anybody over 60 still worry? Anybody over 70 still worry? Earl, anybody over 90 still worry? <laughs> you think that some of this stuff we might get delivered from. You think that some of this stuff we might get a handle on. But there will be times where you are going to be tested that you've got to say, I know it's going to be well. I know I'm going to be okay. I know my marriage is going to be okay. I know that they're going to be okay. I know my kids are going to be okay. They might be out there working on their testimony, but I know they're going to be okay. I remember what T.D. Jake said when he was preaching in a church. He was preaching in a church one time, and, and he was pastoring this church, and his son was doing home invasions and kicking in doors and, and robbing people, and the elders would make fun of him. they said, well, where's old Junior at? Where's old Junior at? He said, I had to learn to let it be well within my soul. I told him he's working on his testimony. All of a sudden, God got a hold of his son, and now his son runs one of his churches. You got to be content no matter what the storm looks like. It's got to be well within your soul. And the last thing about text, testing and tribulations, some people do not pass. Some people here tonight will not pass. In the New Testament, this is that word I'm going to say called Adokamoas. Say that with me. Adokamoas. 
Kamoas. Now, Mary, you come say it because you're a perfect reader. Hurry up. So tell them. Addo. Say it with me. Addo. Kamoas. Addo. Kamoas. Boy, I taught y'all something. I feel good about myself. It's a Greek word. It's a Greek word, and that Greek word, Garrett, means to be strong. How many know that the strongest finish? Adokamoas means to be strong. In the New Testament, this Greek word, adokamoas, that speaks of people who are tested but did not pass the test. It's used several times in the New Testament. And if you look, it says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Let's finish there. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. No, I beat my body and I make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. I beat my body. I make it my slave so that I may preach to others that I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. That means that you've got to be strong. They claim to know God, but their actions, they deny Him. How I many have we ever seen people claim to know God, but their actions deny them? That is biblical, brothers and sisters. It's found in Titus 1.16. They claim to know God, but their actions, they deny Him. They are destitute, disobedient, unfit for doing anything good. They're not strong. If you're going to finish this, you're going to have to be strong. It's a battle. It's a war. Testing is real. And that old, what? What was the word? Say it again. The strong will survive. You say, Brother Mark, I don't feel so strong tonight. Take hold of the Lord's hand in your problem. Get a hold of whatever situation that you're in and give it to God and take hold of his hand and trust him to bring you through it. Can I share with you something that I learned? Stop looking down and look up at me. People want to think that they're under attack all the time. You're not under attack when you bring these trials and tribulations on yourself. That's called accountability. That's called testing. God's using these seven things to see if you're strong, see if you're going to pull through, see if you're going to get away from, see if you're going to wake up, make great decisions. Took me till I was 33 years old to wake up. I thank God for these younger Christians. But maybe you need to wake up tonight. Maybe God's talking to you. Maybe on the front row all the way to the back row. Maybe those standing up in the back. Maybe you need to wake up tonight. Because only the strong survive. It's a Greek word. I think about the Greek word and I think about a big Greek God. One of the big Greek God. One of the big Greek pictures. One of the big Greek dudes. 
and how we're supposed to be strong in our faith and rooted deep and working and working and working on our walk and working and working on getting our fleshly desires fixed. Working and working and working and working hard and being strong about changing. So my prayer tonight is that you don't quit, that you press on. In these testing times, read your Bible and get around your brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for those that are here, Father. Father, help us all to be strong. Help us to be strong in our faith, strong in our walk, and strong in you, Lord. My anchor holds. My anchor holds in you tonight, Lord. Father, I love you and I praise your holy name. Thank you for those that served in this military, our veterans. Bless them, Lord. Touch them wherever they are tonight. Father, they had to endure. They had to endure foreign land. They had to uh, endure domestic troubles. But they made it back. Some didn't make it, Lord. But we're thankful for those that did tonight. Bless this service. If there's anybody that's going through a time that they feel weak, let them get these elders and these elders' wives tonight. And they'll pray for you. Lord, we love you and we praise you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Amen. Give God a praise. Let our veterans leave first. Our veterans leave first. They're back there selling Faith Fest tickets if you want to get some tonight. Go ahead, veterans. We're going to all stay seated and give them a round of applause, guys. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Bless you guys. Amen. Oh, they're singing. Hear them sing. God bless America. I hope somebody's getting that on video because that's awesome. Go ahead, guys. Bless y'all. Amen. Tell them to sing it again, Rex.